Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in all circumstances, give thanks. Rejoice, I say it again, rejoice. You know, Paul, you could just probably put a sock in it this year. Have you seen 2020? Enough with the, enough with the whole rejoicing stuff, okay? I mean, give us a break. It's not happy times. You know, we, we canceled Easter, Paul, and we're barely going to get to have Christmas. Like, if ever there was a time to say, okay, maybe we could just skip the whole rejoice Pollyanna stuff this year, this, this would probably be it. And yet, Paul seems to say, in all circumstances, give thanks, rejoice. We throw in Isaiah, I rejoice heartily in the Lord, and if it wasn't enough, we even throw in the Blessed Mother to say, I rejoice in God my Savior. So it seems that there is a bit of a a theme here. We even named the whole Sunday, Gaudete, Rejoice Sunday. So what do we do with that? Well, at the outset, let's just say that we have to recognize that rejoice and, and the word there, it does not mean be happy. Because if you think about it, you really can't command someone to be happy. Uh, and if you've ever been really, really sad and people come to you and they want to help and their advice to you is like, well, just cheer up. Well, that just makes you feel worse and it puts them in near danger of getting punched in the face because nothing makes you feel worse when you're down to have someone come and say, well, be happy. Just, you can't command someone to feel better or be happy or cheer up. That, that can't be the message that Paul or Isaiah or Mary or the church has for us today. There are lots of reasons right now that we are not happy. Our, our church has got a smethering of people here this morning on what should be a, a beautiful, happy day. I, I put on rose for this day. I mean, that's, that's serious rejoicing right there. And yet we're not happy. Is that what the church is telling us? Be happy. No, no. And I, I think we have to say that if, even if you, if you look up this word uh, in the, the Greek, kairete, or gaudete, even in Latin, uh, it noticed in my Greek dictionary that it says, you know, this is, this is not so much a feeling as a choice, an action that can be taken. And I think that is really the the secret of what's going on here. And to that extent, maybe it's even better that this year's Gaudete Sunday comes in the midst of so much unhappiness and darkness. You know, even if we look at our Advent wreath and our, our little candles here, well, it, it's getting brighter. And you know, we might think of Advent, well, it just it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And, and that's why we wear rose today because it's getting brighter and these purple candles are kind of giving way. Well, you notice, though, that the, the, the rose candle that we light today, it's, it's not the last candle. It's not like, oh, Christmas is, is here, so now we get to rose, and then it goes white, and there's actually another purple candle to, to come. And in fact, we're, the rose candle's in the middle of all the other purple candles. It's, it's actually going to get darker before it gets lighter. The, the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year, doesn't even come until... Monday at 4.02 a.m. It's going to get worse before it gets better, in other words. Now, that's not such a happy message of rejoice. It's going to get worse. But within that is the hope that, yeah, 
that's going to get worse, but, but then it's going to get better. And I think there is kind of the, the seed of hope that, that not only helps us live through Advent, helps us live through 2020. And sadly, if you haven't heard, 2021 is not going to start off so well. Much as we want to kind of turn our calendars on January 1st and say, woohoo, thank God 2020 is gone. January 2021, yeah, it, it might be more like uh, month 13 of 2020, quite frankly. It, it might get worse before it gets better. But the hope in all this is that it does get better. We can, we can put a rose candle in the middle of the bunch of purple ones, and we can celebrate Advent. We can even celebrate the darkest time of the year because we know it won't always be this way. It will get better. Now, I, I grew up around the Army. My dad was in the Army. I love our military. My, my best friend's ex-Marine officer. So I, I like military examples as well. And, you know, much as I like St. Paul and his little, you know, Gaudete, yay! Uh, there's, there's another person I look to for strength at this time, and his name is Jocko Willink. He's a, a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, who now takes what he learned as a Navy SEAL to help train businesses. And he has a, a company he calls Echelon Front. Well, he's also got a podcast, and my Marine friend turned me on to this. And when I first saw it, like each episode each week is like two hours. This last week, it was like a three-hour podcast. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But I listened to it. And it really gets me fired up uh, because he uses his military techniques to, to help us, the soldiers in the real world, get through the, the battle of life. And he's got a, a saying that I think sums up well Paul's little rejoice. Uh, he says, instead of rejoice, Jocko says, good. He says, in the face of, of everything you might encounter, you should immediately stop. And before you get all bent out of shape and frustrated, you should stop and say, good. What, we, we didn't get the equipment we really need for this mission? Good. Now we get to learn to get by with what we got. What, we have to go out with half the strength we need? Good. Now we can learn to really bring out and rely on ourselves and what we need. What, we, we don't get to take the time off that we need because we got to train more? Good. Now we, now we really get to get tough. You know, oh, it's, it's raining and there's mud and we don't, we don't have the right gear. Good. Now we get to rely on ourselves and get tough. And you can just kind of hear the, the military language in that. In fact, my, the, the daughters of my, my best friend, the Marine, they, they're at college. And he says they have a bumper sticker above their, their desks from Jocko that just says, good. Oh, you know, you, you didn't get to go out with your friends because they got sick. Good, more time to study. Get ready for that test. All right, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, you know, I, what, what do you do in the face of, of suffering and things that are going bad? Well, the best you could probably do is, is like, okay, we're gonna turn in positive and say, good, good, where's the opportunity here? How can, how can good come for what seems to be bad? Because that, I think, is really the essence of what Paul is saying. He's not saying everything's actually good, you know, that it makes us happy anyway. What Paul is saying, though, and I think this is the, the key, we, we, we miss this, this word because it, it, it doesn't come across well in English, but in Greek, I, I think you can, you can hear it, even if I, if I say it in Greek. He says, rejoice always, uh, kairete and, and ponti, 
Rejoice always in all things rejoice. Pray without ceasing. And then he says, in Ponte Eucharistete. Hmm, let me say that again. In Ponte Eucharistete. Hmm, what does that sound like? That's in all circumstances, give thanks. That's, I think, what it, all this rejoicing and, you know, that's what it's really about. You might not be able to feel happy in everything, but the choice that you can make could be to give thanks. Eucharist that day. Yeah, that's Eucharist. It means Thanksgiving. You often hear that. Well, there it is in the imperative second person plural. Y'all give thanks. This has really been a secret for me when I'm really down because I'm not all Pollyanna all the time. Like, yeah, rejoice. As much as I want to say like, yeah, good, I'm tough. No, most of the time when I'm in these situations, I'm like, somebody help me. I don't feel good. You know, they like say that sometimes we don't, there's no need to take men's temperatures for COVID because have, have you ever seen a man with a fever actually up out of bed walking around? You know, no, I'm, I'm a little wimp sometimes when it comes to suffering. So I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as of all of us here. No, give thanks always. I think that is a response that all of us can make because Eucharistete, give thanks, is not a feeling. That is an action. That is very much an action. And so what I will do when I find myself really down and in darkness, and it seems like there's purple candles all around my life, I will stop and say, what can I be thankful for? And I actually make a list. I will try to write it out. You know, I end every day with an examine of, of my life and what happened that day. And St. Ignatius taught his Jesuits, when they do the examine at the end of the day, you begin with thanksgiving. Where was God active and blessing me during this day? That's essentially what Jocko is saying too with good. It means whatever's happening, whatever's going on, you can't, you can't affect or change a lot of that. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. That's where thanksgiving can come in because that I can change. I can say, I am thankful for this. And this is really the secret to Gaudete then. You know, okay, the, the church is a quarter full today. Good. Means that we who got here can be really thankful that our, our church is, is open and we can come. So many of my Protestant friends, they haven't been in their church building since March. Does that, you know, that means that, wow, we've got a reason to be here because the, the Eucharist that we celebrate is really that center in our life. Good, good, there's a pandemic means we got to really put our money where our mouth is and say what is really important. If we're not going to leave our house for anything because it's too dangerous, but we come to mass, well then good, good there's a pandemic. Before this, what was the news? Like 75% of people don't believe in the Eucharist. And those are the Catholics who actually go to mass once in a while. Oh, there's a pandemic. And the only people that can get to mass are people who really, really want it. Well, good. Good, there's a pandemic. You know, maybe, maybe there's persecution of the church. Maybe it's not so attractive to be Catholic because Catholics are looked down upon and you crazy Catholics. And maybe, maybe it gets worse and worse. And, you know, people are all up at a bit about politics and what will be like to be Catholic. Maybe it'll be hard to be Catholic. Maybe it might send some people away. Good. We don't need the fluff on the edge that keep saying, oh, I'm Catholic, but don't believe anything the Catholic Church teaches. It gets hard to be Catholic and they all go away. Good. 
We don't need them anyway. You know, anything that causes pain and suffering and difficulty, we don't have to be happy about it. But we might be able to say, where can I be thankful even in that? Where can we say good? Or as Paul says, rejoice. Because there is always something we can be thankful for. To Eucharistete. And and maybe that's just that I bring all the suffering, all the pain, and I can't find a single thing to be thankful about except that I've got some place to take all that suffering. I bring it to this altar where we offer the Eucharist, the thanksgiving of God, and as Jesus put his life and all the suffering on the cross and offered it to God, that's why we put him right there over the altar where the Eucharist is offered because there is the greatest act of Eucharist ever. Jesus is giving thanks on the cross. And make no mistake, he is not happy. No one could look at Jesus on the cross and say, be happy, Jesus, it's not that bad. Yeah, it is that bad. And I I think that is the message here in Paul among everything. We don't have to say it's not that bad. That is not what rejoice means. We do not look at it and say it's not really that bad. In fact, that would be the opposite of rejoice. We need to look at it and say it is that bad. It's really bad. It may even be worse than we think it is. It may get worse than we think it could ever get. Unless we think that can't happen, think of New Year's Eve 2019. Oh, 2020's here, it's gonna be so great. No, it got worse than we could ever imagine. We won't really cancel Easter or heaven forbid the NCAA basketball tournament. Everything's on the table now. We have no idea. It could get worse. It could get a lot worse. But even in the midst of that, even in the middle of it, we light a a rose candle. We hear Paul say rejoice. Give thanks, Eucharistete and Ponte. All things. Why? Because we know with God, it, it really is all good. Because God is all good. And if this world were the complete end of goodness, we would just want to stay here. So the greatest gift of maybe all the suffering is that it turns us and say, this is not our home. This is not where we will find everlasting happiness. And there's only one place we're going to get that, and that is from God. So if this suffering has got you, like I know a lot of people, at just the end of their rope, and they're like, I can't go on. I don't know how much more I can take. I can't do it. Oh, that's a good place to be. That's good. And I mean it. If you are at the point where you're saying, I can't do it. Good. Because you can't, and you never could, without God. And our whole society better learn that real quick. And especially our country who was built on God. If we tried to do it without God, bad, bad, bad things are going to happen. We will not make it. We will be exiled really quickly. But if a pandemic is the thing that finally turns our country, our world, and our families back to God, well, good. Because with, with God... Even the things that seem really bad, where it's really dark, we can rejoice. Because with God, even what seems bad, well, we can look at that and say, all right, turns me to God, good.